Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Essential Apple Show recorded the day after the day after WWDC. So guess what? This show is going to be all about what's been going on and the aftermath of the WWDC 2016 announcement. But don't worry, as always, I'm not alone. I've assembled the usual Motley crew. So this week I have with me Mr. Carl Madden. How are you, sir? I'm um, fine, thank you. Except I had to um, pave and nuke my iPhone this week. And watch, actually. I have no idea what happened. What were the symptoms? Was it just acting up or not doing anything Yeah, at yeah. All? all of a sudden, messages would just freeze on me. Totally, totally, totally freeze. And, um, and other apps were taking an age to... Um, to kick in, and I was thinking, this should be happening. This is an iPhone 6, a 6 Plus, even a 6S Plus, even this should be like lightning speed. But, um, it was awful, and uh, so I just did it tonight. I, I, I nuked it and reinstalled him from my last um backup, which was yesterday. And uh, it's like the actual phone's back up and running now, but now it's just downloading the gigabits and gigabits of apps and stuff I had on there. So just waiting for that to happen. But I did test it, and it is now lightning fast once again. So that's good. I will admit, when I got my new iPhone 6, I had to use, obviously, this brand spanking new. And I tried restoring it over 3G. And yes, I realized that was a bit of a mistake. But the amount of times I dropped in and out of signal and had a Wi-Fi signal and didn't have a Wi-Fi signal and restoring it in work on a really, really poor connection, it actually held up really well. And managed to complete it, so you know, that's not a bad thing at all. And they said Apple can't do cloud services. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Um, it is good at that sort of stuff. But it's only like, it's pull, just pulling down the files all again and again and again. It's okay when it's it's their stuff. It's just when it's my stuff, I get a bit nervous. But we'll get to that because something in the show, the WWDC relates to that. So we'll get to that later. Also joining us this week is Becca Mingo's newest player. It's Mr. Barry Gentleman. How are you, sir? I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. I'm a little bit achy. I, I did a, um, I decided to do a motorbike drive up to Shropshire yesterday, and I got rained on pretty much all of the way. And uh, then I came back today and got rained on pretty much well. It was a bit nicer to me today, but there were still a few moments of, of where you, you just think, I hate my life. <laughs> Were you leather clad? Because I've got some sympathy if you have. Um, I no, I, I didn't have leathers on, but I did have a. Um, I had many layers. I had like my my my, my um, canvas, not my canvas jacket, my Kevlar Kevlar fabric jacket, and then I had another waterproof on top of that. But the the rain just went through everything. Do you want me to leave you two? You know, Mark suddenly Mark you asked, let Barry out of nowhere. Are you in leather? And I was just wondering where this is going. Well, there's nothing worse in the world than when you've been out and you've got absolutely drenched on in your leathers and then you've got to peel them off. And even worse, if you know you have to go back out and putting them back on, it's blah. Is that, yeah, with, luckily, the, is that with the gas mask or not? Oh, I don't know. You can't mock gas masks anymore because that Richard Ashcroft fella's got them on on that album, anti. So carrying around a gas mask, well, that's fashionable now. Yeah, I just made sure I had an orange and a pair of tights and I'll, I'll be fine. <laughs> Where the heck do we go? Where's Matt? Oh, that's right. Matt's not with us this week. Uh, and noise weird. Guys, if you're listening, hope you're all right. Of course so, they're all right. They're just what? lazy. 
told I you. know. Oh, I'm, I stop, told? stop trying to cover for them. Oh, by the way, guys, thanks for asking. I'm fine, by the way. I'm not dying with man, plague, flu, hay sound, fever. You don't sound it. We all got hay fever, but you don't sound like you're dying. You sounded good. I have the Niagara Falls. Uh, I'm trying to re, uh, recreate Niagara Falls seemingly by my nostrils because all I've done today has been re- I've looked really attractive with just stuff pouring out my nose, which has been really interesting in work. Nice. Lovely. Painting a picture. Painting a picture for our listeners, as we always do. Right then, let's crack on with WWDC. Um, If you haven't got time to go through the whole two hours of WWDC, if you head over to our website, essentialapple.com, you'll see an article there of WWDC in 10 minutes, which probably makes this podcast a little bit redundant, but that's not the point. Uh, WWDC started off with Tim Cook paying a tribute, not a tribute, I should say, uh, paying his respects to the massacre, there's no other word for it, of the 50 people that were shot in California, which was quite a nice touch, I thought. Um, I didn't really, well, obviously, Tim Cook being of that community was a nice, well, to be honest, it's not really about the community, isn't it? Killings are killings, you know, whether you're part of that you know, way of life or not, really. But that was quite a nice thing. And then we go straight in with Kevin Lynch with the Apple Watch. And it looks like Watch OS 3 is going to be the Watch OS that we've all been wanting since its launch, including instant app launching. Now, if I'm right, you've got to have your, you've got to have your apps as a favorite, and then it will do some funky background processing to allow things to be updated. So when you click on it, you're not faced with that spinner. Well, they've either got to be, um, set up as complications or you can stick them in your dock, which I think means the same thing as a favourite. But uh, it, it never really, we haven't, you know, as they always say in these things, the devil's in the details. So we don't know how many apps you can put in the dock. Um, I noticed the screen, you remember, you know, the honeycomb screen that we screen that we see every single day. Not, not one mention of it, not one slide of it at all. It was all like full face applications or, you know, the watch face all the time. I mean, they didn't once go to that honeycomb thing as far as I recall. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're saying they're calling them instant launches, but then he said seven times faster. So, you yeah, know, the, there's been a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of talk to say, is this actually going to be reproducible, um, in the real world? And I thought it was quite brave slash interesting slash a nod that they actually showed the waiting time uh, of launching an app on watchOS 2 and then comparing it to watchOS 3. So it's like Apple saying, well, we're, we're only really going to admit we've made a mistake once we know we've made something better. Barry, well, did, you, Barry did you catch the whole of WWDC? Did you, did you, were you any more impressed with the Apple Watch? I can't remember if you've got one, if I'm honest. Um, so I, I, um, I didn't, I didn't see it live, but I, um, and, and this this is quite funny. So I I, I was going to watch it. Well, no, I said I said to I said to my wife, well, I'm, I need I need to watch it because of, because of the show. And so I, I downloaded the downloaded the app for the um, Apple TV. And um, and she said, well, you you can watch it now if you want. I thought, well, really? Then I realised the only other option was football. <laughs> it was a trap. That's what it was. It was a it trap. Was a, it's a trap. Yeah. It's a trap. Yeah, so I I I, I watched the whole thing. <clears throat> um, again, it it there it, there was a lot on there. It seemed to be it seemed to be making it more more like the phone in terms of how you use it. You know, like the swipe up and, and all this sort of stuff. Um, 
but there was a, a lot of a lot of re- really good things there. The, the um, uh, so the, you know the, the background updates, instant launch thing was looked really good. So the dock is that is that new or does that exist now? No, that's that's that'll be brand new to to the watch anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Again, that 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 was really quite impressive. Um, so that's us replace that's replaced yeah. the friends because you normally press that button on the side and you go to your your big dial of friends on there. Um, so they obviously no one seemed to use that. You know, they obviously got lots of, lots of feedback saying no one uses this. And now they've like, repurposed that side button to um, not the digital crown, the one below it, to um, to launch the dock. Okay, and that 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 seems to be a better use for it, to be mm. honest. Even though. Well, I was having a conversation with Carl just the other day, and I was like, Carl, do you remember that feature where you can tap on the screen to you know, send a tap, or you can draw pictures? And I honestly couldn't remember how to get into it. And because you, because that second button just seems to be so redundant for so long. So it's good to know that uh, Apple are going to do something with it. But it's almost like, well, did no one really think about this on the original release of Watch OS two? It just didn't oh, no. seem to be Apple. Well, there's the answer, I suppose. Exactly. Um, they probably, it, I, I did hear a theory um, earlier that it was, they could have just been, because it was an internal team and they're all just using it and they all know it inside out, that it never even occurred to them because there was, there were so few people on it that they could have maybe technically could have just communicated using this slight feature. But when it got out into the real world, like nobody, nobody wants to communicate that way. But, you know, I've used it a few times when I want to send someone a message literally a few times it's, it's not one i watch you know when someone you when someone you know suddenly gets an apple watch that's the only time you send them a heartbeat and tap on the screen it seems to be just so they can experience it and then you it's a novelty for about an hour and then you you just tend to stop using it because there's much more valid um options uh, things to do on the watch some people will disagree that there's valid things to do in the watch but i think their argument's going to be harder to hold up now um with these changes and it's quite it's quite a few you know not just the dock and the instant um launches but now you've got a control center if you swipe up from the bottom so you've got easy access to airplane mode and turn off you know bluetooth and things like this um and there's so many other little features in this like the um activity thing i think will be great i mean barry's got one out here because he hasn't got a watch but the fact that me and you and matt when he's around, we can compete against each other on our steps or, you know, whatever we, we do during our day. So you've got that gamification, which a lot of apps have been doing, but because they don't have access to, you know, the, the stuff that Apple has access, it's a lot more difficult for them to, to do it. And plus, you have to inf- get everyone to install a third-party app. This is all, like, built in, and it can also pull in third-party apps as well if other people want to use them, but it's not required. So the fact that we can all go, like you know, walking or running and stuff, and then compare our results to see who's in the lead every day, I think that'd be quite good. Yeah, I was just to say, and the the activity watch face hmm. looked pretty cool. Then you can you can know all the time how badly you're doing. <laughs> that was my my one disappointment: the fact that we are not getting um, our we can't do our own watch faces or you know third party watch faces. That's that's. You know, but I'm, they gave us so much. I'm not that bothered currently. If we don't get it on the next iteration, or on, or Apple uh, Watch OS, uh, sorry, Watch Two, 
then I might start thinking, oh, come on, Apple, please just let us do our own faces. I think least. there's a reason for that. I think because of they've, they've got to have everything so optimized and be so controlled, I think opening up things like a, you know, customizable like Uber Uber apps that will customize a watch face, I think they're just going to be susceptible to so many slight, maybe slightly dodgy programming practices or not being 100% optimized. So I can kind of see the reasoning behind that. Just well, no, back- you, you, you still have a watch face kit, couldn't you? So, you know, everything still has to go through Apple. I don't, you know, it's not going to be like Android where you can go off to a third party, but not, yeah, you go off to a, a website and just sideload it. Apple probably never going to allow that. So, you know, I can see them having a dedicated section of the watch app store where it would just be faces, but we're not getting it this time. I, I got to believe sometime down the road, we're going to have that option because it, it's just such low hanging fruit and something that a lot of people just like say when they, you know, if you ask them what they want in the next Apple watch, they normally say, you know, because we can customize it up the yin-yang. GPS. With, yeah, well, okay, that's another thing. But we can customize it up the yin-yang with the straps and stuff, especially on the third-party market as well. But the most personalized part of the watch, the actual watch itself and its face, is the one bit that you can't truly personalize. And it's such low-hanging fruit that um, I'm sure they'll get to it eventually. But they have opened up APIs, haven't they? Yes. So may- maybe it's just not something they've made a big deal of. But who knows? Well, I don't think. Oh, I think we would have heard it by now if if someone had discovered it, a developer had discovered it, that you could do that. I mean, just touching on the the, the fitness watch faces, I think that's a brilliant idea because if you use applications like Strava and Runkeeper, they do tend to be a little bit more competitive, and you know there are leaderboards there. But the way that these apps are promoted and pushed is that they're a little bit more of a serious nature. So if I can just see, you know, what everyone else is doing and have a bit of a friendly jibe with someone via the activities, I'm, you know, I'm well game yeah. for that. I mean, well, you'll still be able to use those apps. This is just a a baked in feature that you can turn on if you want, and you can challenge your friends and family on a more, you know, social scale rather than competitive. But you know, you can still like chuck freight uh praise each other's way or ways or just you know smack talk you've also got the or all other apps will be held out although they didn't really expand on this you can get real-time access to fitness and movement data so not quite sure what that actually means or how it's going to be implemented but Which, i'm gathering it might mean uh, a more accurate strava or run keeper or rock my run or any other fitness app yeah, out there. so so as far as I'm aware, you know, at the moment, if you put these apps on and you go out for a run and you start running, you look at your watch halfway through, it's sometimes gone back to the watch face. And stuff. Uh, but, yeah, this, yeah. but now you'll, but now you'll it'll be able to constantly be there and it'll be able to have live access to the heart rate and all those other things. So it'll be constantly updating and be as accurate as they can make it. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, I went for a run the other week and I went out with the Apple Watch and it was quite nice because although when you tilt your wrist, you've still got that one, two second delay, which is a little bit annoying, I will grant you. It seemed to be you know, a fairly rapid response. So if they've just sort of tweaked it and made the information a bit more accessible, then I'm all for that. What did we all think of Breathe? Which, by the way, Sir Anak, when we did our joking promotions, uh, he was actually the most spot on out of all of us, which again, you can see over on the, over on the website at essentialapple.com. Have a look at our, we're decoding the coding. Uh, article that we put up there. Breathe. Anyone going to be using this? 
yeah, give it a go. I mean, it's going to be free on there, isn't it? it, it you can. There's a, a, actually quite a few apps already out there for this kind of thing, and you know, I, I, I don't. I, I, to me, it's a bit like hippie, hippie nonsense. <laughs> but that's just me, isn't it? So, yeah, I'm declaring war on stress. <laughs> I just don't. I've got. Yeah, sorry, that was, really, got, oh, that was the got, IT crowd, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> yes. I, I've got a thing called uh, Mind Pilot, which is. Uh, which, which is there's no one in charge of that mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going down. But uh, yeah, I, I, I thought breathe. You know, it's it's, it's now and again. So I, yeah, I, I've I've had to do breathing exercise in the past to stop myself from uh, going postal, and it it seems like something that you might use. But the problem is that. You, I, I doubt if you're going to be able to sit at your desk and do it. It's going to be, oh, I need to go and find somewhere, find a, a comfy chair somewhere, and and relax. And can you just use the royal throne? Oh, well, yeah. there is that. There is that. Yeah, yeah. And breathe. And oh dear. <laughs> oh. It's it's one of those. It's, it's you know, I, I say it's like hippy dippy stuff, but uh, I've gone on a few like self help type courses and they always bring up the breathing because it does it settles you down if you if you deep if you breathe sit there and breathe in deeply for a few goes you can monitor your heart and it does start to slow down obviously don't want to slow down too much but you know is there's lots of studies about it being relaxing and there's lots of other studies saying it's complete nonsense but you know it's up to you isn't it if it makes you feel better and if it's giving you some sort of even if it's just a placebo effect, you know, it's still quite good. And it all it all sticks in with the health stuff, you know, to stand, you know, stand up every hour and stuff. I also, speaking of which, I think it's really good. I never even considered this when they talk about the wheelchair users. Yeah, that, that I thought was amazing. That was a really, really nice touch. Yeah, but, you know, just the idea that it's now going to say, like let's roll rather than stand up because that must that's terrible. Just, yeah, but I, you know. I want that. I want to say let's roll, let's stroll, <laughs> let's go for it, let's boogie. I want something customizable like that. But it's weird. It's Apple. It's one of those things that Apple did. Like I, I, you know, I'm a mostly able-bodied person, and I can't, you know, I can't picture what life is like um, for individuals in a wheelchair. But you know what they listed on on what they were like going to make the watch do, like all the different ways people use the the wheels and stuff or propel themselves along it seemed like in depth they've obviously spoken to, spoke to some experts and it's just it's one of those little things that apple does and it just makes you think wow i mean <laughs> you're probably not going to sell that many more watches because of that but just the fact that someone somewhere thought about implementing those changes like if you go into accessibility on ios it's astounding what's in there but no they never they rarely get kudos for any of that stuff so I, I want to bundle the um, the SOS feature. Oh yeah, in with that. Yeah, that was awesome. That looked really really good. So do you want to give a description of yeah. that? Baz? So yeah. So my my understanding was that um, you if you find yourself in trouble, you can you can just basically it will call the local emergency number. If you go, you might be visiting a country and you're not you might not know it. I didn't know that Hong Kong was nine nine nine. Oh no, did I? <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's, is that a hangover from the uh, from the colonisation? Yeah, I, I've got to guess it is. Yeah, but then you know, also the fact that you know you can then it can then send a message to your contacts and have your 
you know, your medical record or your medical detail available for anyone who might be coming to help you. I thought it was really cool. Does it, did they demonstrate at all? So when you've pressed this button, will the watch automatically lock? Or I'm, I'm going to assume here that once you press that button for an SOS, it basically just changes your Apple Watch display to have the medical information on there? So when you press the the, um, the same like dot button, as now they're probably going to call it, hold that down for three seconds. It counts down, gives you a visual representation of it counting down. Once it counts down, it rings the emergency service and it pipes it through either through Wi-Fi assuming your watch is on the Wi-Fi or through your phone, so you can speak to whoever picks up. As Barry says, it will then send out uh, geo, you know, navi- uh, geo positioning of where you are to your contacts and inform them, and then it will start displaying all your medical information on that screen. So, um, Yeah, but the thing that I'm, what I'm wondering is, so you've made the call, shared the details, what happens if the watch locks itself? So, you know, um, well, actually, no, I suppose if, no, sorry, if it's attached to your wrist, I suppose all they have to do is tilt your wrist. So my question is really, I suppose, when the emergency people get there, how are they going to access this information? It says it's just on your screen. So I got to imagine it's just sitting there. It put, makes it a wallpaper or something. I, I don't know. But, you know, the only thing that concerns me about this is because techie types are intuitive questioning about you know they like to explore things i just got a horrible feeling that come october or whenever it's released the emergency services are going to get so many false calls um where people are just trying out the feature that's the only thing that concerns me yeah I, I think a, a good a good step forward would be that um obviously you need you know the background infrastructure in place and i don't know if they've got anything like this now i mean you know you, you watch enough ncis to think they might have but um, would be for you know your for for you to actually send your geolocation details to the emergency services. No, a lot of companies, a lot of countries still haven't got that stuff in place. It's some countries have, some haven't. Uh, it, you know, it's not the same as landlines yet, where they can pinpoint you exactly just from your call. That'll be trouble when it does, though, isn't it? <laughs> Mind you, it's a mobile device. You know, so people prank calling that. Mind you, it's, you know, it could give other details like your personal ID of that phone and stuff. So who knows? The only worry that I've got is for those of you who wear bands like myself, and let's say you're on a run and your band actually accidentally rubs against a button, how easy is it going to be to accidentally activate the feature? That's well, you just got to turn it off, put it on the other side or something. Yeah. So it won't be that difficult. But you've got to hold it in for three seconds. So, you know, there's always a possibility, um, but then they've got to make it relatively easy to to make the feature even worthwhile using who keeps who keeps clearing their throat and stuff without muting <laughs> that'll be me although i am trying to press the mute button but i, I think i'm a little bit off um but no, overall i mean all these features you know when, when we're just quibbling about you know well i run with a band and you know how am i going to stop it going yeah these are all you know, really small things like for example if you've got parents i'm sure for example um if your dad wore an apple watch and we know you said on the show he's had uh, some health problems um my and i've got some friends whose whose parents are not completely able-bodied and they have all these things around their neck but they always wear a watch now they don't always remember to put the thing around their neck you know the little emergency panic button so if they can have a watch and it does this and uh, that's absolutely brilliant and you know kudos to apple for uh moving forward in that direction 
I'm not sure the market is going to be that big for those kind. That, no, that but kind. you know what I mean. It's like, but this is the thing. It's it's nipping away now because Apple's gone so big. They're just nipping away at the more niche style, bespoke style features that uh, that that people really yeah, haven't thought about. I mean, for example, and I, this is an Android bashing thing, but you kind of wonder. Well, now they've done it, it seems a bit obvious. So why hasn't anyone else done it? But that always just seems to be the Apple way. Although I'm sure somebody somewhere out there will say, well, so-and-so did it first. And if you do, send it into the show notes, send it into the show. Uh, no, don't. We don't care. <laughs> so, I do. Okay. But by the way, let's get this out of the way. Okay. I know a fair amount of what they announced other people have done already. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> Now, one fe- one feature we haven't mentioned is Scribble. So you two can write really slowly and put S, T, No, it won't be that slow, will it? You're, firstly, you haven't got to wait till the other word um, to be recognized before you can get on to the next one. So you think about it, because I, I was stuck in traffic today, so I was just messing around thinking, how would this work? And you can, once you like get used to it being a completely new skill set we'll say even though that's a too strong a word you can like do it quite fast while you're, you're just sitting there and if you're on a tube for example i don't well not tube but train and and you guys are sending me messages and stuff i don't necessarily want to um hold my my watch out and talk to it and stuff but you know if i can just say shut up <laughs> for example <laughs> that's just six characters so i can i can easily just put that in and and you know we get on with the next message sort of thing but um I mean, they have. It does seem to me that they fought out the messaging stuff a lot better than previously, and it was okay previously. But there was a lot of taps involved just to reply to a message. Now you get a message, and all the buttons are there that you need to. Uh, you're used to interact, so it'll be you'll be able to do it a lot quicker. And everything's faster. If everything is faster, you know. So if you send me an inf- uh, a, a DM. <laughs> a DM on Slack, for example, I'll be able to respond from the watch a lot easier than currently. Have I just, have I, have I just realised that when I'm coughing and muting my microphone, it's not actually doing a darn thing? Cause yeah, because you have to mute, you mute it on Skype. It's no good doing it anywhere else. Oh, bugger. I'll do, I'll yeah, do well, that. It's, it's all editing for you to take care of. So oh, right, where's the mute button? Because I am literally on death's door here. I think I'm running like a temperature of 190. That's why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. Going to make a supersonic man out of you. Don't Anyone? Laugh, Don't laugh. Don't encourage oh. him. Don't right. stop me now. I'm having such a good time. You're having a ball. Don't stop me now. Flash. Okay, you're in the universe. <laughs> so anyway, the TV. The TV. <laughs> well, well is, is, that, is that everything? No, because I thought one, one of the features is uh, auto-unlock. The fact that all us lucky few with um, an Apple Watch will be able to walk up to our Macs now, as long as they've got the, uh, the the new Bluetooth features in them, and bing, they'll just open up, and we won't have to worry about passwords ever again. The only downside to this is I'm going to forget what my, my Mac's password is, of course, because I'm never going to use it again. And that's why you want one password. Who we might have something a bit special on next week, just to throw that one out there. But of course, this idea has Sherlocked the. I think it was one of Matt's worth of chirps a couple of weeks back, called uh, Mac ID, where when you get near to your Mac, I'm not sure if it does it in such close uh, proximity, you can unlock your Mac with Touch ID or simply by touching your watch, which I find really good. And I, I, I I'm sort of longing for it now to come to a Windows machine. 
Yeah, there was there was a few that came out, but you know they sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't. And I've got to imagine if Apple do it because it's all their hardware, it should work every single time. But of course, you've got to have an, a, a Mac that's like new enough to have all that secure Bluetooth stuff in it. So it's not going to work on my my iMac 2010 or 2011, whatever it is. So you know I know that, but uh, on the new MacBook Pros and new MacBooks. It should work fantastically. And the last thing, of course, is we're just getting reminders as well. <laughs> Finally on the watch. I don't know why it wasn't there. And also find my friends on the watch. So uh, just rounding out the whole thing. So um, There's also um, uh, Apple Pay within Watch yep. apps. That's going to be quite oh, yes. good. Although not quite sure how you're going to do shopping within the app on the phone. That's going to be... Uh, I'm wondering if there's going to be like apps let, like, let's say... Uh, overcast where you'll be able to unlock a feature within the app uh, just by tapping it and then it'll go straight through to Apple Pay. So that, that'll be quite a nice one as well. Yeah, well, remember like the um, iPhone 5 and 5, was it 5, 5S? They can work with a watch, but there's no fingerprint thing on them. So if they can, if it routes through the watch and that's how you can do Apple Pay via the um, iPhone 5 and 5S, that would be cool. And then I'm just spitballing there. I have no idea if you can actually do that. And then, obviously, the last thing is Sprite Unseen Kit. So it looks like it's mm. going to get a bit of a graphical push. Now, all these features sound great, but the battery. Are we going to end up where we've got all this functionality, but it's going to come at a huge cost of battery life on the uh, on the phone, on the watch? Or maybe have Apple been keeping a little bit something in reserve in the battery so they haven't really been tapping it out and now they're going to unlock it like you can say do on a Tesla where you buy a Tesla? <laughs> How many times have you got down to the last little bit of power on your watch? If I'm lazy, probably yeah. quite. If, 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 I don't, if I don't have the wherewithal to wake up in the morning, charge it, uh, if I'm lazy then quite often, but if I keep an eye on it, I'll sort of get up in the morning, I don't wear it at night now, I'll put it on to charge while I'm stumming my porridge and flim-flamming around the house. Not that often, I've got to say, not yeah, that often. It's happened to me once, and that was when I went to um, Ironbridge, and I forgot to take a charger with me, and I, it, it lasted all the day I went up there, and it got to about three-quarters way through the second day until it went, that's it, I'm out of here, and died. And it died like 20 minutes from my house. So <laughs> so it almost made it back to the charging station. So it, they have got a lot of leeway. They were very strict on it to begin with. Um, now, the reason it lasts so long, obviously, is because we don't tend to use the apps because the apps, they're okay, but they're not, <laughs> they're, they're not as demanding of your attention. Now, if we've got instant access to these apps, then they might be used a hell of a lot more. So it'll be interesting to see um, what sort of dense the battery does. And obviously, of course, this is going to come out in October again, where the watch is going to be over a year old by then. So we're really going to see how that battery is holding up. I wouldn't be surprised if in the, the fall event, they go, oh, here's a new Apple Watch, and here are Maybe. all the new features uh, including improved battery life, which, to be honest, it's only two years, and then I, I think that's probably about right, because I, looking at the watch as a watch, I think, is a bit of a waste. Looking at it as a small personal lifestyle assistant device, maybe, then obviously you know, that becomes more palatable then on the upgrade cycle. But this is this, the good thing about this. See, this, is the, this part of the announcement is the one that excited me the most, I've got to say, the, all the features coming to the watch. And also, once we get them, 
obviously we'll have to wait and actually see how they work in the real world but this will make it a lot more easier for me when people ask me should i get an apple watch if it does everything that they they explained on the stage then i'm going to have a much easier time saying yeah definitely get one so let's round off this section then with one question to barry Barry, you haven't got an Apple Watch. After seeing all of this, are you even are you even remotely tempted to get yourself an Apple Watch? No, but there's a reason. I, you know, I've got I've I've got a phone, and I don't wear a watch ordinarily. So, you know, if 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 I if I wore a watch, then yeah, it it would it would strike me as, you know, it's getting it's getting more and more functionality. It's getting more and more similar. To the yeah the way the phone operates in in terms of swiping up for control center all this sort of thing that yeah it 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 would entice me if I was a watch wearer but if I'm not so at the moment I'm still I'm still not sold. Any what would be the one feature for you then? Sorry, that was going to be the last question. What would be the feature for you that would go right? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take the plunge. Is there anything that's missing for you? And this is one. Notice that we always say for you because it is becoming quite a personal device that would sway you into right. I'm going to go out and have a look at one and be the only person in the Apple Store looking at the watches. It probably would again. It probably would be GPS, but you know that you're talking about a battery killer. Oh so, yes, yeah. You know, so I think um, that that would that would mean that yeah. I, I don't I, if I if I you know I, I either spend 350 quid on a, a Garmin or I spend 350 quid on a on an apple an apple watch but it's yeah it, it's but that's with i suppose with with a garmin you you get the functionality you need for what you're using it for but if you can add in that extra functionality as well as everything else that it does with the rest of your you know, your your apple environment then it makes it a no-brainer and I think that is as good as point as any to move on to the next segment, which featured Mr. Eddie Q on the future of Apple TV OS. Seemed to be a bit of a strange one for me with, with it. Was this one? Uh, they said, well, Eddie said, our last generation Apple TV had 80 video channels. And thanks to many of you, we now have over 1,300 video channels. Can't really say I've seen that many unless they're counting all the apps around the world in of one they big are. go. Yeah, of course they are, because they got loads of apps on there that we haven't even got in the in, in like the UK, like stars and It was at this point that I was starting to get a little bit jealous of our American counterparts because they're gonna have Flame coming to it. Uh, as Fox Box Forts Fox Sports Go, try saying that after a couple of drinks. The funniest one I thought was Molotov. Probably not so funny given the events that just happened with the Euro 2016 going on. Uh, there was great. And then he went on to sports games like NBA 2K, Minecraft Story Mode. And then the he was quite good on mentioning the fact you can use your iPhone or iPad to use those apps with as well. Was there anything in particular here that really sort of blew anyone's socks off? Because it was it was all right. Uh, it was, I, the, Apple t- the new Apple TV It's only been out eight months, so it's not... I mean, the biggest thing they really did, if you look at it, look at it visually, was the um, the dark mode. So for us in home cinemas, as you said, you, know, you got the whole room completely blacked out, and then you go back to the main screen, and bang, this big white background comes on. Um, so it'd be nice to have the black background there, um, especially if you've got plasma screen or you've got LEDs black screens that turned up quite high. Is that why it's yeah. blinding? 
I thought single sign-on looked fantastic. We'd, we're not going to get that, though, are we? I don't think we not use anything in the US. in hell we're going to get that here in the UK. Uh, not a chance. Yeah. But, um, yeah, strange. Obviously, it's like series being updated, and so you can get more generic with what you want to ask it, like genres and stuff like this. The photos look quite nice. The fact that they're going to basically Sherlock what Google Photos do um, on iOS means that so if like Barry goes on holiday with his, with his family and he shoots a load of stuff on his phone, which he might do now, <laughs> and by the time he comes home or even that evening, there'll be a nice little video package or an ensemble of all the best photos ready for them to look at because because I do it a lot. I, 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 I go out and shoot a load of like little footage things like, like this. And I started using apps like Replay and, and even Google Photos itself. Google Photos, you don't have to do anything. It just does it for you. Replay, you have to sort of go in there and tell it, I want to use this, 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 and this. And it'll make you a little film. Apple's going the Google route, but it's not... This is the bit that starts getting a bit tricky. So they're not going to update... They're not going to upload your stuff to a s- server doing it all in device which i'm thinking well hang on how you do how how is it going in device from your phone to the telly it's got to go into the cloud at some point so i'm not quite sure i mean obviously they're not using your data to to to, um, go through and comb and and try and get some details out of it so but uh it's going to be interesting to see what they do and of course you know, whenever Apple do these things like the slides and iMovies and the trailer things in iMovies, they normally do it quite well and it's always quite entertaining to watch. And they've got some analytics and stuff in there where they'll look for the faces of people and it will like hopefully zoom in on the faces. Because when, uh, when like the earlier apps started to do this and they started to pull all your clips in and then just reassemble them, they weren't really intelligent enough. So they started scrolling off, like it would start the face and then just scroll off the face. And you think, well, that's not a very good shot. And of course, all you need is one like crummy looking shot in your little video and it ruins the entire thing. So, um, you know, if they can like actually recognize faces now, which they can, and they can like frame the faces and then do the Ken Burns effect when they zoom in and then they, they pick video and stuff and they add a little bit of music and, you know, duck the sound out of the way when, the music swells and, and whatnot. It could be really good. Yeah. But you, you do raise a really good point there because, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, the best um, video artist in, you know, or video, video framer in, in the world. And a lot of the time I'll have my, you know, I'll do something with my camera and film, film something, but then I might not turn my, turn my camera off before I, you know, point my camera at the floor and then turn it off. So, it means that for that stuff to work for me, I have to edit all my stuff before well, that, I let the phone, I let the device have its wicked way with it. Otherwise, it's going to look rubbish. Yeah. So in the old days, that's exactly what would happen. It could pick the bit where you've just moved the camera to the like, look at the floor now. But hopefully, as computers and, and these um, algorithms get more intelligent, it should say, "Well, there's no face in that shot, so we're not going to use that." But look, there's a big smiley face in this one. So we'll use this this part of the shot rather than the whole thing. It'll be interesting to see, like, because I say Google does it really well, but a lot of people don't like using Google because of the fact that they're taking all your data, and this is real personal data as well, like photographs of your friends, of your family, and children and stuff like this. Personally, I don't have an issue with it, but some people do. I'm just looking. I'm trying to find out what the features about Replay Kit, and I'm wondering 
if that's a bit of a nod to the now phenomenon that's called Twitch. Because if it is, I'm going to do my 24-hour Speedball 2 marathon. Oh, God. Yeah, so yeah, so people can start to, into their apps, put that kit, and they'll be able to broadcast and stream to whatever service as well. And the other interesting part when it comes to games is Apple are no longer requiring that any game you produce has to use the um, Apple remote. So it can be totally just a controller. And that's going to hopefully open up the market for more third-party controls. Because it has been, I'm surprised there hasn't been more of an uptake on making the third-party remotes unless I've missed something and I haven't been keeping on the controller market for a while. Because how much was yours that you bought, Carl? Or did, you didn't buy... Yeah, I bought a Nimbus one, um, which is still, as far as I'm aware, considered one of the best ones out there. It does feel like a really good Xbox controller. But it's pricey. It's pricey. Um, maybe it will cause a bit of... Once there's more options out there, like more games that take advantage of it, like if you get a, a nice, decent amount of first-person shooters, for example, or driving games that don't rely on the Siri... Sorry, on the Apple TV remote anymore, then there's always a possibility that they will... Um, it will open up the market. Because at the moment, the games are pretty simplistic. Um, they've done some amazing things where they've... like bent over backwards it seems to me to actually take advantage of the apple tv controller but once now they don't have to be held back by that they can just go for a basic like what is it 10 key 10 button setup so you know with controllers on either side so you could start to get because there's enough power in that little device um you could start getting some more complex games rather than just simple platforms and running games and stuff like that well, I'm hoping that hoping apart against all hopes that sociable soccer may come to the Apple TV because that would be brilliant. <laughs> there's, there's um, there is like a, a, a soccer. Is that like sense? Do you mean sensible soccer? N- well, it, this is the uh, what they're calling it, the unofficial follow-up to sensible soccer and sensible wor- right. world of soccer called uh, sociable soccer, made by the same guy. Uh, okay. So I heard him on the, a, a brilliant podcast called the Retro Podcast in. Thanks, Russ, from the Airways for suggesting that. I've been binge listening to that. And it just looks like it's got all the, the playability and all these little nice quirks of sensible soccer and sensible world of soccer, but hopefully coming out in 2017. So fingers crossed, uh-huh. they'll uh, if they release that for iOS, then I will be doing a Twitch stream of it. Because there is a little like sensible soccer-ish game on there at the moment, like obviously tied in with the Euro. So uh, UEFA, I mean... Really. And just a, uh, just, it's not, it's yeah, it's side scrolling, not top to bottom. So. And just okay. to put this to bed, we all know that sensible soccer was better than kickoff too. End of be all end of that conversation. <laughs> Shan get into the Specky versus Commodore sixty four because that's a whole no, whole minefield. Bad enough. Do you know that's what I'm saying? That's you know when people go about the Android versus the ios and stuff but it just makes me sad or laugh actually on a, a certain level because i remember the days where it was commodore 64 or specky and it would be oh you got a specky that's a child's toy and you know oh you got a commodore 64 great if you like bricks as your graphics and stuff. my my uh my dad <laughs> god bless his soul one christmas bought me uh, an atari st uh, what makes it worse is that he wasn't sure if he got the if he got me the right system, and he said, "Are you sure this is the right one?" And I didn't have the heart on Christmas Day to say to him, even though he asked me two, three times. I just didn't have the heart to say, "Well, actually, I wanted the Amiga with the Batman pack." 
Oh, yeah. Oh, the Amiga. That was lovely. I, I never, again, we go completely off topic here, but I never realised that the Amiga 600 was technically inferior to the Amiga 500. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, let's, uh, the only, so we'll go back to this. And so let's try that again. The other thing that they showed was YouTube. Now, was it me? Or when they had the YouTube results, it didn't exactly look like they'd put much effort into displaying the YouTube results. Well, because you, <laughs> um, well, I don't know. What did you want them to display? He, he just asked it, like, because he's into his boss. Well, we've both used the now the Sky Now TV app, and it's basically it looked like an Apple TV two interface. And I just thought, well, you've you've put all this effort oh. into saying new design and redesigned and all these other things, and then you just got this crummy looking. Apple TV 2 style display. Okay, possibly. I mean, I don't know. But if I'm searching something on YouTube, I just want to get into the YouTube thing. And if it's just presented in a, a like a big picture at the front, at the top, and then a few listed smaller items below it, that's good enough for me because hopefully I'd find what I actually want. It's actually, I'm quite shocked how much I watch YouTube on the Apple TV because it's so. It's so easy just to go from one video to the next one to the next one to the next, and it's I, I don't know I don't know, you know YouTube's algorithm for working out what I want to watch next, just seems amazing sometimes, and it, and you know sometimes I'll watch like some of these ghosty type ones like the most haunted places on the planet. Even though I don't believe in ghosts, I just still like seeing where these things are, and then it will introduce me to something else afterwards, and I soon I just find myself down. You know, like forty odd minutes have gone by, and I think, what the hell did that happen? It has and, uh, an algorithm specifically designed so that if I end up recording, we end up recording the podcast late, and I have to edit on a Friday. It's specifically tuned to be the most distracting thing it possibly can be. Because I think, oh, you know what? I'll take a ten minute break. One hour later, it is, yeah, it's good. And I've just recently found, um, uh. What's his name now? He's a nostalgia critic as well, who also does movies. And his show's going for about 30 minutes ago. Uh, but they're really entertaining to watch, and he's quite funny. And he reminds me of someone I know as well, which is quite funny. Um, and and it's just amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm watching these videos, and I'm watching, you know, because Trent Reznor was done an interview today where he basically said YouTube became famous off the backs of, like, stolen content and stuff. I mean, you know, to a certain extent, he was right back in the early days. Um, before it was even owned by um, Google, for example. And then when Google took it over, they tried to shut a lot of that stuff down. But uh, but it, it just amazes me now what people can do for YouTube just in their bedroom with their PCs and their Macs. It's just astounding. Some people are just amazing of what they can do. You know, you get people just talking into the screen, droning on, granted, but then you get other people who are really... I think the overall basic results. quality has gone up as well, hasn't it? The actual standard yeah. now, because I've been looking at a few how-to videos for podcasting, and there seems to be a massive, massive jump from about, let's say, two years ago to a year ago, and like everything's a lot more polished, and you're kind of wondering if that's people taking YouTube more seriously or if it's the quality of apps helping to make things a lot, yeah, exactly. a lot better. Well, I think it's like 50 50 but yeah the amount of quality of apps that are out there now just for like the average consumer to use is astounding like you know just stuff that adobe does for apple does it's it's just amazing what people can put together and um of course 
all the tutorials to learn how to do it all that's also normally on youtube as well so it's like it's a little sense of the universe and i'm 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 really i'm really happy how youtube is nowadays so, but last night to do with apple so apart from some of the tools used I'm really hoping that Rick's doorbell will have replay kit built in so we can just watch Rick's <laughs> doorbell streaming. I, I'd watch that. Mm. I've, I've watched worse. I mean, crikey, I've watched Big Blimmin' Brother. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm just taking a moment here to interrupt the podcast to say this is going to be a two-parter. The reason is we were having such a good crack discussing what was going on in WWDC and in our own inimitable style, we went off on a few tangents and the show ended up being two hours long. So we thought, rather than let you go through a whole two hours of us wittering on, we'd break it down into something a little bit more manageable. So of course, in part two, Barry, Carl and myself are taking on the rest of WWDC. We have Worth a Chirp, some listener feedback, and of course, Nemo's hardware store. So keep your eyes peeled, and episode two will be out in the next day or so. Cheers! <laughs>